0: Bible 1 so John chapter three. We are bringing this chapter to a conclusion. We began um, we had a Christmas service, so I'm not sure how much everybody remembers. We began in verse 19 uh, two weeks ago, and what I want to do is just do a quick recap and then move forward. Is that okay? All right. nobody said anything. That's all right. I'm doing it anyway. All right. <laughs> first John chapter three and verse 19. Remember, again, uh, the Apostle John has been dealing with two different families and two different extremes, really. Um, And he's been warning us against certain individuals that would come against us. Um, And he's given us some things to look for, things in ourselves and things in others. And uh, we've looked, I'm not going to go through any of that, but we've got to the place where he is now saying in verse 19, by this, that is the love that we show others. And the love of God that is in us, that is manifested. He says, by this we know that we are of the truth. Remember again that people outside of God can't demonstrate or uh, they don't have the love of God in them. Amen. And so he says, but you do. And that's the way we know you belong to the truth. Are you all here? And he says, and by this again, we know that we are of the truth. And the implication is that we are born of God. If we are of the truth then we must be born of God because we can't walk in that love unless we're born of God. Do you understand? Amen. And he says, and shall assure or literally persuade our hearts before him or in his presence. Well, let's read on. He says in verse 20, he says, for if our hearts condemn us, our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. See, the key thing here is for our heart not to condemn us. Because if our heart doesn't condemn us, we're going to find out in the next verse that we have confidence before God and it, it begins to move into the area of prayer. And, you know, when we think about prayer, I really don't want you to think about uh, the religious prayer. And, you know, you want to know that you have direct access to God, especially if you want to make a big decision on something. Are you all here? You need to know that you ask a question, you're going to get an answer back. Amen. And the right answer, because, you know, depending on that answer, you might be stuck with something for 20 years. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And so th- it's really important that we hear God. And so, you know, whatever the situation is. And that's why we, we got to verse 20 last week, in oh, the week two weeks ago, where he said again, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And we said there are several things that we needed to look at in this verse. First of all, we need to look at the things that causes our heart to condemn us. This is key as well. See, Not everything that, you know, that that I guess our heart condemns us over is from God. Because otherwise he'd never say God is greater than our heart. That he knows all things. Are you all with me? See, God isn't going to come against his word. God isn't going to go against the things that he said that your heart is condemning you over. But if your heart is condemning you over something that God never said, then we need to deal with those things. We need to find out what those things are, where they come from, and stop that stuff in our life. Can I get amen on that? Okay, the second thing I said we need to look at uh, is what is it about God that makes him greater than our heart? And the third thing we need to look at, and we won't take a long time in any of these things, is to look at what it means to us that God knows all things. Amen? And, and you know, when we get to them, they're quite quick. But again, there are three different things here. Let's look at uh, some things that causes our heart to condemn us and why those things must be wrong in order for the apostle John again to be able to say God is greater than our hearts. First of all, in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, God says about his own people, we know this verse so well, he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen? And this clearly shows us that God's own people lack knowledge in a great many areas. Listen, if they're being destroyed for a lack of knowledge, they've got a lot of lack. Okay, you know, he didn't say they're just not doing so well. He said they're being destroyed. Do you understand? Amen. Two of these areas are who we are in Christ and what our benefits are. To answer the first point, now we looked at this last week, so I won't spend a long time in it. Remember the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We've gone over these verses so many times, but again, we come back to the thing that the Apostle John is talking about, and that is our heart condemning us. And the only reason that we can allow the devil to use our heart against us is to forget that we are new creations. Because a lot of times he digs up your past and he says, How can you expect God to do anything? Look at what you've done. Amen. Now, listen, family. If you might say, Well, that was, I, I'm still doing stuff today. Hey, 1 John 1 9. Once you're in the family, just whenever you make a mistake, confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. End of story. Amen. And so, you know, this is, uh, th- that's one of the, most powerful things that you can activate in your life and keep going in your life because it keeps putting you back in a right place with God. Do you understand he cleanses you for all unrighteousness, which means in the sight of God, you are back to a place of perfect righteousness. I like to do that, especially when we take communion, because I want to remind you that it takes a moment of time to undo everything that the devil has been doing in your life. One moment. Do you know why? Because it took a horrific amount of time to pay for it. Jesus went to the cross and died a horrible death. That was in the blink of an eye. Are you all with me? Okay, a horrendous price has been paid so that in the blink of an eye you can change things. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Okay, let's continue. And remember again, it says, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Through Jesus Christ. And so remember, notice again that, uh, remember and notice. <laughs> okay, I got two things going on here. So remember again that we have been reconciled to God. And notice that because we've been reconciled to God, God has nothing against us. That's why, it was, you know, we, when we did the Christmas story a little bit, we didn't really do the Christmas story this time. But, you know, it talks about peace on earth and goodwill toward man. Peace on earth and goodwill toward man. Which means all those people that are saying, Well, God's mad with us and God's you know attacking us, and no, no, no. Peace on earth and goodwill from God toward you. Amen. Amen. Okay. I said this before, if we truly understand what this means, we would never allow the devil to condemn us, let alone use our own hearts against us. In fact, it is because of this revelation that the Apostle Paul Says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, again, verses we've looked at, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is huge. Can you imagine a life lived without any condemnation? I'm not, I didn't say responsibility. (laughs) Okay? You know, when we preach this, you know, and we, you know, we had certain ministers say, well, you know, I don't take that care upon myself and, You know, I I just cast all my care upon God because Peter tells us to do that. And they didn't just cast their care on God, they cast a responsibility on God as well. And they didn't take responsibility for nothing. And then they're kind of wondering how come their life is falling apart. Well, why don't you work? Well, God's looking after me. Well, the Bible also says if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. The Bible says, Go look at the ant, you sluggard. (laughs) Okay? And I won't go talk to you about that today. But, you know, there is a place for faith. Listen, the way you, you use that is that you do the thing that God asks you to do and believe for him to bless that. You don't sit there and expect a blessing. If you don't sow, you don't reap. It's a law. You need to do something. You know why you need to do something? Because God designed you to do something. Remember Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Put that up, please. Ephesians. (laughs) It talks about we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Okay. For good works. Not so we can sit and do nothing. And God planned that beforehand for us. On the chance that we would receive him, Jesus Christ as Lord. Because if you came in and he expected all of us to come in, you know, he expects the best of us. And, but as soon as you come in, he's not going to look at you and go, wow, Don, I didn't think you'd make it. He goes, oh, I got to go make a plan for you. <laughs> no, it's never like that. Sorry, I picked on you. OK, <laughs> he says, oh, he's in. Here's the plan. You can't look at him and go, oh, my good. That's a big plan. He goes, I know. I like it that much. You know, <laughs> OK, and he he always has a plan for you. But you can't, you know, that plan requires you to do something. Do you know work is a blessing? Everybody goes, I don't know about that. Uh, Monday, I don't feel that way. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) listen, man. If you got blue Monday, you're in the wrong place. Amen. I mean, you know, we should be jumping up and raring to go to work. See, work has become a dirty four-letter word. Do you know why? Because It's probably because we've been forced into doing something so that we can get the money, so that we can pay our bills, so that we can eat. Instead of it being something that we just love to do and people give us money for it. Amen. And that's how it needs to be. Now, you know, that's a person. So our work attitude needs to be. I don't know. I'm going off here a little bit, but this is good. Okay. Our work (laughs) attitude needs to be. We want to do something. But we don't want to do anything. We don't want a career. We want a destiny. Do you understand? Because if we, are on, if we are fulfilling our destiny, then there is blessing along the way. Then we excel at what we do. Amen. And then there's no ceiling to how high we go. Because it's God's plan now we're following. Are you all with me? Amen? Amen. All right, let's get back to this. <clears throat> I how I got into that? Probably remember later on, but I don't care right now. All right. <laughs> oh, yes, <I> a doctor. <laughs> a life that is free of condemnation. A life that is, again, not free of responsibility, but free of worry. Amen? Hallelujah. And notice he says here, who do not walk according to the flesh. And I said here before, and it's lies. So don't, you know, this is where the Apostle Paul, we're going to look at this uh, today, maybe tomorrow. Anyway, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of times, you know, and let me just extend that a little bit. We walk by faith and not by our fleshly feelings. If your feelings are good and they're motivating you, keep them. Listen, because some people just didn't have any feelings. They became Mr. Spark. I have no feelings. Okay, <laughs> Hey, that's not what this talks about. Listen, if you've got some good feelings, keep him. If you've got some bad feelings that are contrary to the word, get rid of him. That's all I have to say about it. Okay, we want happy people. And if you ain't happy, then you, know, you need to go remind yourself of what God has done for you. You can get happy. <laughs> okay? Amen. All right. <laughs> and again, he says, who do not walk according to the flesh... But according to the Spirit, in his commentary, I. Howard Marshall says that no matter how much our heart may condemn us, God still welcomes and forgives the person who seeks his forgiveness and casts themselves upon his mercy. Amen. won't go into that. You all know that. Amen? All right. And as to the second point, which is knowing what our benefits are, just in this first epistle of John, the apostle John already has shown us how to walk in perfect righteousness, 1 John one nine. Okay, cleanses of all unrighteousness. How to know that we belong to the truth. That's in 1 John chapter 2 and verses 20 and 21. And best of all, how to know and be sure that we are at this very moment in time, God's own children. Because the word tells us so. Amen? And he says, listen, forget about your feelings. Know the truth. Because it is the truth that will set you free, not your feelings. People are looking for a feeling to, to be the confirmation of a truth. You know, The hardest time to say something positive is when you feel negative. You, it's easy to say, I have the joy of the Lord, when you're dancing and smiling and partying. okay. But when somebody has brought you some kind of bad news, something you were expecting didn't quite work out, that's when you need the joy of the Lord. That's when you need to say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you might start out with, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I have no joy. N-J, no joy. (laughs) Okay? Listen, I don't care where you start. You start speaking it out. You know why? Because it is a truth. And if you activate it with your mouth, it will begin to work in your life. And it's an interesting thing that once it begins to activate, God begins to talk. And then suddenly the whole situation will start to turn around. A lot of times we lock God out because we don't think He can... I think sometimes we just forget Him. You know, because we think, you know, prayer is religious and I don't have time to pray and I don't have time to be religious. Uh, But, you know, listen, make some time. Even if it is a minute just to stop and say, whoops, sorry God, I kind of left you there, didn't I? (laughs) Okay, let's go together. Even, you know, you might say, well, I have a really busy day, I don't have time to... You, I don't have time to sort of kneel and pray and all that stuff. Listen, you always have time to pray even if you do it kind of, you know, on the train, in the car. Please pay attention to where you're driving, but, okay, don't go off in the spirit and close your eyes. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I've, I got stories, but I won't tell you today. But not from me, not from the other people, okay? <laughs> and, you know, the light you see won't be glory. It'll be red and blue and flashing and it won't be good. Anyway. <laughs> but listen, none of this would be possible. All of this truth, it would not be possible if we misinterpreted or misunderstood the scriptures. And why the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, who was a pastor, says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, he says, Study to show yourself approved of unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. Listen, rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth. One of the biggest problems that we have today is the word of truth is wrongly divided. And people that receive this, remember again that our heart is condemning us in opposition to God. Why he says God is greater? Do you understand? So I'm trying to bring you, I'm, I'm trying to give you some insight into why you might have this problem. If you've been taught a certain way, if somebody has come, come to you and taught you and brought scriptures, and I told you, man, you can make any kind of doctrine out of this word. You know, by because on one side, we've got translations that don't say all the right things. And if you start preaching from a translation, you know, can I just say don't? (laughs) Okay? You really need to look at what the actual scriptures say. Because a translation is a translation. It is not this real scripture. Are you all here? Okay? And there are things in here. The original never contradicts itself. But the translation kind of will. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. And that's why people say, well, the Bible is full of, you know, contradictions and all sorts of, you know, problems and whatever. No, that's because they are trying to make sense, first of all, without God. Amen. This was written by a spirit. God is spirit. And those who worship him, and can I add, read his word, need to do it in spirit. Only then will you understand the truth. Amen. And so, you know, they just try. and the the second thing is you don't have the spirit and you have a bad translation. You're in big trouble. Of course, there's going to be stuff wrong with it. I mean, when I'm reading it, the the reason that I know something is off is because the spirit of God will say to me, that's wrong. And I'll go, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) And so he'll start. And so I'll go looking for it. It's my job now to look. I don't, you know, it's not me. Like, okay, God, sit here and talk to me. Tell me everything. I won't go looking for nothing. Okay? No, man. I need. To, if the Lord's saying something is off, I need to go and find out why it's off. And in my search, He will talk to me. Amen. That's the reason why I bring you quotes from all over the place. These are the people that I quote to you from are people that understand Hebrew and Greek. Do you understand? I don't. They do. So, (laughs) okay, and they get some insights that are just invaluable. I bring them to you. It was the one thing that I always thought that word of faith was lacking was these insights. You know, we we have the fire of God, but not substance sometimes. And we need both. And I think we can have both. In fact, in the last days, we need both. We need substance and fire. Amen? Amen. All right, moving on. So, uh, again, Notice something here, that if the word needs to be rightly divided, it can be wrongly divided. If it is wrongly divided and taught to you in a wrong way, then your heart is going to condemn you over things that you think are in the word. And you are going to allow the devil to come in and wreck your life with the word. It is only when you rightly divide the word, listen, are you ready? Can you utter these four powerful words? It is also written. <laughs> Amen. Because the devil will bring scripture. He goes, well, you doing scripture? I can do scripture. Okay, here's one for you. And he'll throw something at you. And if you don't know, which is what most of the Christians, 90% of Christians, I would even say more, 90% of Christians, the devil quotes the scripture and they go, oh, it's the word of God. It must be right. And he sinks their boat. Hello? But not anybody in this church. He misquotes something. You turn around and go, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Pastor warned me about you? You lying devil. Come over here. Let me teach you something. Oh, he won't stay, he won't stay around for the Bible study. He yeah. will leave. You know? <laughs> okay? <laughs> Do you know why? He loses at the end. It is written... Amen? Praise God. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Let's move on, because I want to preach some more on that, but I won't. All right. (laughs) Finally, with regard to what the Apostle John meant when he said, God is greater than our heart, knows all things. The psalmist David clearly understood this and wrote in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. God can look on your heart. The devil can't, by the way. You know, whenever he kind of gets ahead of you, is because you've acted on something he said to you. But if you never act on the things he says to you, he doesn't know what's going on on the inside of you. Amen. People think the devil can read your mind. He cannot. The only stuff that he can read is stuff that he suggests that you act on. Then he knows where you're going next because he's planned it out, Amen. So anyway, he says, verse twenty-four, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way, uh, in in the way everlasting. Notice uh, the thing I want to bring out from here is that God knows everything. If you ask Him to search your heart, He will search your heart. When he comes up with a verdict of "Okay, you need to forgive someone," please do that. Okay, don't begin to argue with him. You asked him in. You now need to listen to the diagnosis. You don't go to the doctor and they say take these and you go. I don't want taking them. I like to take the other colored pills. <laughs> you know, they're for the wrong thing, man. They won't do anything for you. Which is what we tend to do. You know, we're favorite word people. You know, we want to. The, the, you know, we go to the Lord and say, well, we've got a financial problem. And he says, that's because you're not, you know, you're walking in unforgiveness. No, no, no. I want, you know, uh, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches. I want that one to work today. I don't want that if you have ought against any, forgive him. I don't want to do that. Can we just have the money one please? But isn't it funny that that scripture is the one that follows if you say to this mountain of debt of lack, of I don't have any money in my bank. Be thou removed, be thou caused and sick, shall not doubt, but shall believe. Those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says as long as he forgives. (laughs) I threw that one in there, but you know what I'm saying, right? Amen? So, you know, God is saying the mountain ain't moving because you aren't moving. You need to move. You need to do what is right. Listen. You know, I keep telling you this, and oh, let me just repeat it. it there, there are some people very difficult to love. okay? When I say to forgive them, I don't mean go bake them a cake. I just mean let go of it. Don't let them influence you anymore. Don't let you thinking about them make you mad. Because then, you're, you know, your family pays the price for that. You know, they come, and they sort of say hello, and you bite their head off. And they go, what is wrong with you? What did I do wrong? You know, because <laughs> we just do that, but whoever is on the inside of us, it just comes out, and it just, you all know what I'm talking about. I won't say anymore. Okay, all right, you know what I'm saying, right? Okay, listen, man, they don't need that right now. That's the reason why you let go, because I've, I've spoken to you about this before. You know, even science says we are entangled on a quantum level, With Whatever we think about, we attach ourselves to. And that's why for your sake, for your family's sake, let go of some things. Listen, you can love people from a distance. And sometimes you need to love them from a distance. Amen? And I mean a distance. I mean a distance. (laughs) Okay? And if you see them and you start to feel like, oh, I should go say something and the Lord didn't say anything, don't say anything. Because, hey, I won't preach on that, it's not today. Okay, you don't, let me just say it this way, you don't want to open another door for the devil to walk through. Amen? Well, just say that sounds a bit unloving. Hey, hey, listen, listen. If the Lord says something, it means they've changed. It means that you can now have a conversation with, with them, and it will be good for both of you. If they haven't changed, then he's not saying anything. Because he knows, even though you've forgiven them, if you walk over now and talk to them, you'll have something else to have to forgive them for. Are you all with me? God, isn't, God will not add to your problems. He's too smart to do that. You know, we, because of our uh, wrong teaching, hello, wrongly divided word, okay, that God guilted into going doing something, and then we go, well, oh, but God, I, you told me to go do this, and then I went and did it, and you do it, and, you know, it gets worse. That wasn't God. And now we're blaming him for something That wasn't him. Are you all seeing this? And then you say, well, I'm never going to do that again. Well, see, now we've got a problem. Now, when I come along and say, you should, you go, I won't. Did that before, and this ended up in a worse mess. Okay, That's why I always give you both sides. All right, moving on, and I need to finish this off today. (laughs) What is so amazing about this is that even though God knows all things, Simon J. Kissimachus says that he will still show us mercy, When we come to him. And he will always comfort us. And reassure us. That we are his children. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? What's amazing. Is that the more God knows you. It's not that the less he loves you. With all of your flaws. He still will forgive you. But notice what he says. He still shows us mercy. When we come to him. We need to come to Him. Amen? And He will always comfort us and reassure us. See, He doesn't beat you. He reassures you. Do you know why? Because you can only do the right thing from a place of strength. Whenever people put you down, you get to a place of weakness. And then you lose confidence in yourself. And then you you literally give up on yourself. And then, you know what? God can't ask you to do anything because you just say, God, go ask somebody else because I'm useless, I'm no good, yada, yada, yada. Hello. See how that works? And you think you're being humble, what you're doing is pulling yourself out of the race. That's why whenever God comes in, he will reassure you. He'll say, listen, it's okay. I paid for that too. Amen? That too can be forgiven. Now, will you let it go? Because I've let it go. And that's the biggest problem. He lets things go. We hang on to it. You know why? Because we feel bad. Okay. And that's not a bad thing if you're doing the wrong thing. But once you've made, a, uh, once you've resolved in your mind and in your heart that God, I will not go down that path. And I might fall in the ditch once or twice, but it's not my will to do that. Then when you ask for forgiveness, you need to forgive yourself. Are you all with me? Now, if you're going to ask God for forgiveness and play around with this thing and kind of go, okay, he's forgiven me. Now I'm free to go do it again or whatever. Okay, beat somebody or whatever. Don't do that stuff. Because God knows your heart. Remember David? He said, search my heart. Amen. Because God will. All right. You know what? I'm... uh, what I might do is um, conclude here by introducing the next verse so that we can pick up next time. He says, So I've said here, with all this, there shouldn't be anything that gets in the way of our faith. And why the Apostle John goes in the same, 1 John 3 and verse 21 now, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Amen? So the whole point is, you need to understand, if your heart is condemning you over something that God isn't, get over it. Know that it might be wrong teaching. Know that there might be something wrong with the way you're thinking. And you need to get past that. Because God isn't holding it against you, you shouldn't be holding it against yourself. And you shouldn't allow the devil to bring that against you. Amen? Because like I said, it's only when you're encouraged will you move forward and do something. And God is always looking to encourage you and remind you that you are now part of his family. So don't ever bring up the, yeah, God, my parents were a failure, so I'm a failure. Don't ever bring that up. Your parents are no longer a failure. Your parent now is God. Amen. That's why he reassures you that you are now his child. Regardless of what your genes may be, there is another one that has been activated in you now. Hallelujah. You know, that stuff really shows up in some people when they get saved. I mean, they totally... That gene just activates to such a degree, it overrides all the natural genes. And you get some dude, you know, some kind of biker dude, you know, that's got tattoos everywhere. And just... Anyway, all sorts of piercings or whatever, you know, that goes from being this really bad, bad Leroy Brown, you know, the baddest cat in the whole damn town, to this really cute teddy bear. And you think, my goodness. Sorry, I used a bad word there. <laughs> you know, it's a song, man. And, you know, and you just look at the person and go, wow, what happened? The other gene kicked in, <laughs> okay, and it buried all the other stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. I know that happened to a great degree in my life, and thank God for it. If I ever met myself, my past self, I would just kill that guy off, man. I just, you know, amen, which is what we need to do. All things need to pass away. I mean, they need to, he passed away. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.